If you're out on the road Feeling like you want a podcast <laughs> All you, you have, have to, to do, do is Type in drunk of the book And you'll find us <laughs> Where you leave <laughs> We will be there Anywhere That you, you want, want us to, to. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. Hey, Olivia. Welcome to Drunk of the Book Club. A podcast for lonely drunk bookcasters. Cheers. <laughs> what are you drinking? Oh, uh, I am drinking rosé from France. Nice. Oh, legit. It's in a very large bottle. <laughs> that I'm not going to be able to finish before I leave tomorrow. So, what are you drinking? I am drinking Little Grove by Allagash, a sparkling session ale with black currants. Ooh. It is light and very drinkable. It does not taste like a beer to me. I love that. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> is there anything left in it after it spilled everywhere? Yes, yes, okay, there is. It funny. just foamed at the top. I oh. opened it, dear drunkards, and it foamed at the top. I could hear it through the headphones, and it sounded very like. Yeah, so I, I don't thought know. it was it's a been lot. Like, <laughs> it, I mean, it was more than one would expect from a can that has been sitting in the fridge for like days. Right. So it's not like I just brought it home. Like it's yeah. just been sitting you didn't in the shake fridge. it a ton before you opened it. I did it. not. Oh okay. no. Interesting. I did not do the usual shake of the can. God. <laughs> I thought that maybe that's what you did. Again. <laughs> As you always do. Like usual. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> yeah. Never take a beer from Ashley because she definitely shook it. No, that's my kink. <laughs> today asked me to hand him a trash can and Uh I did and the outside of it was disgusting and I didn't realize it before I put my hands on it and I was like oh my god that was the grossest thing I've ever touched and he Uh responded with trash cans are my kink as a joke (laughs) but I laughed a lot and now another person mentioning their kink everyone's just exposing themselves to me today what did we read? Oh. Ashley just hung up on me, everybody. Here she is. Hello. I, uh, you'll hear in the recording that I said, oh, <laughs> Ashley just hung up on me, everybody. <laughs> I did. I did not like where this conversation was going. <laughs> you were like, what did we read? How dare you ask What did we that? read? You don't know that. I'm done. <laughs> Well, how do you not know what we read? <laughs> we read something that you should know, Olivia. <laughs> Why are yeah. you asking me these questions? That was really invasive of you to ask. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> but I'll tell you anyways. So. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We read Friday Black Stories. Ooh. It's a book of stories. Why did you... Like you didn't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Friday Black, a book of stories. I don't know why that was my reaction. Sorry. By Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya. Yes. That is it. What was it about? <laughs> if you know, I don't know. You sounded surprised. Maybe you don't know. <laughs> no. I guess I know. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I swear I read this book. Right? Um, <laughs> We're just really It is drunk. a book. <laughs> yeah. Four sips in. Well, well. And already done. <laughs> um, it is a collection of short stories um, that are, like, have realistic tones to them, but mm-hmm. also have a lot of sort of, like, I don't want to say fantasy, mm-hmm. but... Almost like magical like, realism. Yeah, magical, that's a good way to say it, magical realist, realistic tendencies to each story, mm-hmm. which 
I will say caught me by surprise in the beginning. <laughs> um, a lot of it has to do with race. A lot of it has to do with death. Yeah. A lot that has to do with retail. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a lot of retail. I can't wait I to hear your expecting. thoughts on these. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, um, this is the book to discuss with Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I said, based in reality, but also a lot of... Um, Wow, what word did we just say? Do I have a brain today? <laughs> Magical realism. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of magical realism um, that deals with... A, I think that there's a lot of flavor in the book mm-hmm. of our current world. Oh, yeah. Dealing with, like, police brutality. Yeah. Um, Racism. Like racism endless deaths of black children yes. men um and yeah i guess and capitalism i just did a horrible oh and capitalism yes yes great point so that was my terrible <laughs> explanation of what it's about no i hope you guys read it that was not terrible that was really good <laughs> i will admit that i read this very quickly like yeah a couple weeks ago So, for me, like, my standout memories are the first story, Finkelstein 5. Yes. That was a really powerful opening. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Black Friday stories. Mm -hmm. There's, like, two. Well, there's one Black Friday, Mm -hmm. but then there's another story that's essentially about, like, the same world or the same characters. And those Mm -hmm. ones, I was really curious to hear your thoughts about them. As somebody who has worked retail, but, like, in particular, some, like, intense kind of, uh, like, I'm thinking of, like, yeah. your beta breakers and your Halloween uh, American apparel yeah. experiences. <laughs> it's funny that you say those, because it made me think of my first Black Friday. Oh, Black Friday. That I worked. Oh. Because it was... Less than 30 days after I was promoted uh-huh. to district manager, I had to go down and work Black Friday in San Jose, which was one of the top Black Friday stores in the company. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't really have anything to do with the story, yeah. but it reminded me of it because I showed up, obviously having never really worked a Black Friday before. I And the theme was like dressing nice. Uh-huh. So I did that. And I wore heels. Oh, shit. And I had to work from, I think I got there at 3 in the morning, and I worked 14 hours in heels and a pencil skirt. No, not fun. And dealt with a lot of people (laughs) that are are just wild. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The, the, The retail stories were very surprising to me. Because when I read the title of this book and read Friday Black, Uh I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's like, made me think of Black Friday. Uh But I was like, obviously, it's not going to be about Black Friday. (laughs) It's going to be, like, probably stories about, like, a black person's perspective on things or something. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, is this story actually talking about Black Friday? What is that? I was like a little bit, I feel like, okay, part of the reason that I want your insight is I felt like I was not the right audience for those stories. Like I found them really hard to relate to, but also like full transparency, like my work experience has never overlapped. I mean, like I've, the only retail I've ever worked was like Plato's Closet for like that's right. a year in high school or right after high school. So like my experience is, I just, I feel like I was not the audience for the stories because I could not relate. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny that you mentioned that because anytime I hear a commercial for Plato's Closet or I've seen one, I think to myself, Ashley used to work there. Because <laughs> I had never heard of it before you told me that you worked there. Well, it is like... <laughs> such a horrible name for a store like (laughs) such a horrible name for a store yeah like the whole reason it is called Plato's Closet and this is Mm. this is like when I first heard this I was like what 15 year old came up with this which it very well could have been it's called Plato's Closet 
supposedly because it it's a resale store where people bring in their clothes mm-hmm. For audience members who don't know, I know you know, Olivia, but um, for where people bring in their clothes and sell them and then get like pennies, you know, pennies worth of money back and then Plato's Closet sells them. So it's like a goodwill where you can bring in your clothes and get some cash, but like very little cash. And it's teeny boppery. Like a Buffalo Exchange or Crossroads or something. Exactly. But smaller. It's smaller, yeah. And I think that their target audience is like teens. Like, not, mm. this is going to sound rude, but, like, not stylish teens, but, like, teens who want to wear whatever is hip, you know? Like, right. versus, yeah. I feel like Buffalo Exchange and Crossroads, part of it is, like, they do have some, like, interesting pieces for maybe, like, yeah. the thrift mm. shopper or, like, the mm-hmm. vintage shopper, you know? Plato's Closet is not like that. They do not take, like, unique um pieces they do not buy stuff that Mm. isn't like within their weird computer system so when i was working there Mm -hmm. circa 2008 it was like they wanted abercrombie and fitch (laughs) right so (laughs) that makes yeah so yeah apparently it's called plato's closet though because plato the philosopher (laughs) was big into recycling (laughs) oh my god which i'm like what Of course. So, yeah. Do you know how many iterations of store names they probably had to go through? Like, okay, so we have clothing coming in, we resell it, what do we do with this? Okay, so it's like recycled clothing, how about recycling, how about recycle-loathing, how about, who likes to recycle? I just feel like it was some 15 year old like son of the creator was taking like an intro to philosophy class and was like right had just learned yes don't talk to me about your new business mom Uh, it just like reminds me of Plato or something and she's like my genius son tell me that again I got it So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That That's amazing. Uh, I didn't, so I did not know that Plato was a famous recycler. I don't, I don't so know. So this is great news. Where's that, you know? <sighs> yeah. Plato's Closet's teaching me a lot. Yeah. With that said. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the story. The retail stories were not my favorite. Okay. Well, I just wanted to see if it was, like, just me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes me feel a little bit better. I think at first I was a little bit excited to read it, and I was like, oh, that'll be cool. Like, Black Friday is an experience to live through, and it'll be interesting to read someone's, like, weird perspective on it, and, like, especially in the, like, the way this book is written. Right. But I was like, like this could have been one of the two page ones for me. Yeah, like it didn't need to be that much information. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like for me, more so that first one that, like you said, mm-hmm. the steams and then the other one that stood out to me was the era. Mmm, the era was interesting because that one, my favorite book as a kid was The Giver. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, definitely it has kind Giver. Of reminded me of the Giver. Yes, yes, yes. A lot, yeah. So those two stood out to me. And it was interesting because, like, in those first three short stories, I was trying to, like, make connections between all of them. Yeah. And... I think in the era, I was like, okay, wait, none of these are connected. Mm-hmm. But then later, there kind of is connections. Oh, you mean the like the stories. world's being. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. I was trying to see how like things overlapped and I was like, oh, okay, I guess they don't. Like each right. story is just its own thing. Right. But then but they then did. They kind of are themes. Right. And then they did overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had the um, ice but, man. Yeah. Yeah. The ice man. Yeah. <laughs> um... And there was even things like, I, so that's like worlds overlapping, I guess. Uh-huh. But then there's a lot of themes mm-hmm. as you go on. Oh, yeah. Like, um, obviously death. But more than that, like, uh, oh, oh, 
my gosh, the other one that stood out a ton was the abortion one. Oh, yeah. That one was really trippy. Yeah. But the other theme in it is, like, people who aren't real or, like, are maybe figments of the imagination. Yeah. Maybe they're spirits. I don't know. Yeah. Like, appearing to people. Yes. In different yes. stories. Yes. But that one was... I don't know. That one was... Uh, I've never had an abortion. Uh-huh. So, like, I, I don't have like that type of an experience with it or like relation to it but even still it was hard to read you know it was like not no no I know what you mean not hard to read like I was sitting there emotional about it but just like a weird way to think about what happens afterwards so when I read that one I'm like I don't I don't mean this, like, offensively to any stance of this story, but I mm-hmm. kind of was like this, I was reading it, and I was like, Ugh. I I wasn't, a, I wasn't loving it, and then I had a thought, yeah. and I don't know, like, how, re- this is, like, probably extremely reductionist, but I was, the thought that came to mind, and I'll just be, like, perfectly honest, is I was like, this is an abortion story written by a man. Yeah. There were a few things in this book where I was like, this is written by a man. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Was that whole story. Yeah. Another, there, and the other things were much more mild. Yeah, yeah. But, like, there's the first moment I had was when, actually in that first chapter, where Emmanuel meets up with, what's his friend's name? Uh, oh, on the bus? Sorry, not first, I guess. <clears throat> not when he... Boogie. Boogie? Whatever. When he meets up with him mm-hmm. when, in the... To go find people yeah, to yeah, yeah. attack. Yeah. And he's talking about the people in the group. And... Oh, man. I'm trying to find this. Uh... He, in, he goes, okay, so it's Boogie. It's this person. And then he goes... And it's a girl named this, comma, Boogie's girlfriend, comma, something else. Yeah. And so I was, like, at first thinking, okay, is this, this is the girl, she is uh-huh. his girlfriend? Uh-huh. Or are you listing his girlfriend as just his girlfriend? Oh, uh, yeah. You is know, it's like, girlfriend? another person. And then I was sitting there thinking, no, I think he purposefully explained it that way giving her a name first mm-hmm. and then explaining her as that but it almost made it read mm-hmm. weirder yeah than saying like and his girlfriend so-and-so oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, it like pulled you out makes more sense yeah like it makes more sense reading it but i was like this feels like it's written by a man trying to make sure that he gives this woman an identity before relating her to a man interesting yeah but it was almost like one of those moments where you try so hard yeah like, I'm not racist. I have black friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it like read like kind of one of yeah, those moments. Yeah. So it, was like, it just felt like. I was trying so hard. It was. You stumbled yeah, over it a little it bit. It didn't feel like a natural way to describe this character. Yeah. And that was the first moment. I felt like there was a few of those in yeah. the entire book where I was like, mm, yeah. Yeah. But with that being said, that is not to take away from that first chapter. That first chapter was. Right. Or story I should say was heavy yeah and I thought really well written yeah 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 I really liked the way that like the court hearing was like interspersed between mm-hmm. like Emmanuel's day-to-day life um and like I liked that first story I feel like set out how the rest of the stories would flow mm-hmm. in that, and something I really liked is that he never told you what was going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of joined a story. Yeah. And at first, like in that book, he goes, "Yeah, the five. And it's like, "Wait, what's the five? Right. Like, what are we talking about right. here? And you just kind of have to figure it out right. as you go along. Right. You're jumping. And I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. And I and uh. I think that, too, something that that story establishes, like, really clearly about 
this collection is that I feel like a lot of the stories kind of like take something to like its furthest conclusion and like Mm -hmm. one way you could describe that is like oh it takes like these these realities in our current world and like exaggerates them to make a point but I would argue Mm -hmm. that it isn't an exaggeration but that what it really is is like creating a world in which the emotions of the reality now are like just clear more clearly on display you know like this Mm -hmm. yeah like you could argue like oh it's an exaggeration or it's like hyperbolic to say that in response to a court case like this the jury would behave that way it's like no they do behave that way it's just putting into words the the it's putting into words like they're saying the quiet part aloud you know yes yes which is also a theme in like i think you were saying in every story yeah the quiet part is being said out loud yeah and i think that's very clearly stated yeah. in the era yeah oh yeah but in but in other stories it just happens yeah even the the hospital where i think is what it was oh yeah i really like that um, one i did too but i feel like that is one where like his interacting with the 12 town mm-hmm. God. God. Like, that seems like the quiet that's being said out loud mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Even though, I guess it's not actually being said out loud. Yeah. But the way that it's being told to us seems very, like... Right. Out in the open well, and out loud. Yeah. I, I really liked that one, just, like... And I think probably, like, you and I come from a similar place in that we are not just readers, but we're also writers, right? And mm-hmm. so... That story did some interesting things with talking about, like, world building, like, the world that you Mm -hmm. can build as a writer and, like, its purpose. Mm -hmm. And then also, I think it can expand, too, to, like, nonfiction, Um, because I was thinking Mm -hmm. specifically around, um, specifically around, like, journalistic nonfiction, because mm. the one thing that one one moment that really stuck out to me in that moment was when the doctor like yells at the people crying in the waiting room and is like he can fix mm. this he can make this change and it like kind of highlighted how like these characters for the writer are just plot points they're not fully fleshed <laughs> out characters they're needed right. to make like their their trauma is needed to um, created backdrop and to create like a dichotomy but yeah. like if you allow them to be fully fleshed out characters then it's actually really cruel of the writer to put them into that position right and so mm-hmm. it just it kind of reminded me a little bit about about the role of the writer in in fiction but also in nonfiction. where like for instance you have journalists that go into you know interview people who've experienced really horrific things and then they mm. Mm-hmm. write that story and how they create the narrative can either really highlight the humanity of those individuals or just use them as like pieces of a story as opposed to real right. live humans i don't know if i'm making a lot of sense but yeah it, it was just it makes sense to me as someone who's read mm-hmm. the book yeah you know like i think that that explains it really well and actually, I don't know, is it called the same thing in writing? Probably not. But it's a lot of, like, breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Yes. That happens in this book. Yes, I agree. In that, like, in that exact moment that you just described. Um, but also, I keep going back to the era, I guess it's yeah. more to me than I thought. But um, the first time I saw it, or, like, really picked up on that idea, mm-hmm. and was in that chapter. Why do I keep saying chapter? In that story. <laughs> Um, it's indicative that a part of you sees these as a whole yeah isn't that weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) um in the story on page 30 Mm -hmm. i happened to open up to it it says in my head i think mr harper do you think that back then students would think you were something other than a fat ugly skin sack then i say Mr. Harper, do you think back then students would think you were more something other than a fat, ugly skin slack? And I was like, like reading it, I was like, wait, what? Did I just read that twice? 
And then I was like, I feel like this is the first example of sort of breaking the fourth wall where Mm -hmm. he's like, this is what I'm thinking inside. Yeah. And then I say it out loud. Right. But like, this is the whole process that I'm going through. Yes. Right now. And literally saying the quiet part out loud. (laughs) And literally saying the quiet part out loud. Exactly. Yeah, that, it's interesting how uncomfortable that story made me. Mm. Not in the same way that the other stories made me. Like, I don't want to say uncomfortable, yeah. but, you know, reading really dark yeah. ideas and events and things that are happening yeah. that are based in reality a lot. Totally. But that one made me uncomfortable just in, like, my manners. Where I was like, oh, <laughs> how are you saying that? Yeah. Like, I could never say that. <laughs> like, oh, these poor people. That's... I feel so bad for, like, I don't remember the girl's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, her parents, when he goes over there for his birthday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, this house is much worse than my house. <laughs> they're not called houses. But yeah. But, like, it's much worse than this. Uh, no, I don't eat cake because that's for... Yeah. Like, these types of people. Yeah. Like, is this the room where your son killed himself? Just yeah. Just, like, so awful. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> cringing. <laughs> yeah, you're like... I can't believe you'd say that. <laughs> all of your internalized manners and politeness are like crying out as an alarm. Yeah. Like, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. You're saying the quiet parts out loud. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Exactly, though. That book, I mean, that story, definitely, I see the alignment with the giver. Not that I have read The Giver. Like, I've actually never read The Giver. I know. Olivia just dropped her jaw. <laughs> oh, my God. But. What? So, apparently, right now, at the middle school in the town in which I live, the sixth graders are reading The Giver. And on next door, there was of a parent they are. who was so upset. And was like, this is so disturbing. And I'm just trying to start a dialogue. And the teachers should have warned us they were reading The Giver. Oh my god. And I was like, I've never read The Giver. Like, what is this parent freaking out about? And so then, of course, I'm like reading about it. I guess there's like, you mean you would be able, there's like uh, euthanasia. Or not, uh, Yes. not euthanasia. Or... Um, eugenics? Right? They yes. like, they kill the babies yeah. who are like undesirable or whatever. In that book? Yeah. I'm sorry if I spoiled Just it. Just like in this story. Just like in this story. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's why The Giver is so good, because it deals with modern day issues that we still deal with all the time, but it's written for a 12-year-old to read right. and start kind of understanding these things. Right. And to see Lois it. Lois Lowry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, Lois Lowry was my first favorite author Aww. i read like every book number the stars oh, I, thought that was so good. I think it's like gathering in blue or something is another one number the stars is about the holocaust yes and it's like, like the stars that they would have to wear uh-huh yeah it like lois lowry was the author that taught me all about uh-huh. how horrible our world is yeah. <laughs> in like very Mind. I still read those books sometimes. I mean, those are important lessons and those are important themes to explore and discuss at a young age. Mm-hmm. So I, it just, I think it's not surprising to me that certain yeah. parents in this town would think that it's more important to shield their their children from right. these topics because they think they can right. shield them from these topics um, than to actually... Yeah discuss and yeah approach the reality of humanity um i really want to send you a copy of the giver (laughs) but i don't know if you would keep it (laughs) what do you mean because i feel you you're better at getting rid of books oh but i feel like i would be so sad if i went there one day and saw that you Got it, read it, and then decided that that was not one of the books I that will you get keep. it, and I will so keep it. I, I like... will put it on a place of honor on my bookshelf. Don't worry. No, you can do whatever no, no. you want. No, no, no. But just know this is the, I'm saying the <laughs> internal thoughts out loud. of like, 
I want to get you this book, but I'm really scared that you won't like it enough to keep it. No, I think I will like it, though. really offended. Because I'm into the dystopia. I mean, it's like a dystopia, like, and I... Yeah. It's it's up my Did you watch the movie? No. I was avoiding watching it because I loved the book so much. I was just like, this is going to ruin it. Yeah. But then my mom ended up watching it, and she also liked The Giver a lot. She said it was good, and I watched it, and I agreed. It's obviously not as good as the book, but fair, yes. It, I thought it did. They did a pretty good job. That's awesome. So you could also watch the movie. <sighs> well, I was just talking I know you about hate this. reading. Yeah, I, I hate reading. I was literally today just talking about the concept of the book versus the movie with my seventh grade book yeah. club because I'm the seventh grade mm. book club advisor. <laughs> oh my god, you finally get to be a part of a real life book. Club. <laughs> yeah, I've been a real. Club. I lead it. <laughs> um, but Ten we were years later. I was learning from the middle schoolers their thoughts around book versus movie. Ooh, uh, we what had are their thoughts. We had one student who was like a very clear book is always better. Like mm-hmm. his argument is it's always better. I had another student who okay. was like, I don't really like to read. I'm just in this club because my friends came. <laughs> So I like the movies better. And I'm like, I appreciate your honesty. I'm glad to have you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it. And then I had two who were like in between. Okay. All right. That's interesting. (laughs) That reminded me. So (laughs) there's, I still am learning who everybody is that I work with. And there's like three restaurants in one place. And so there's people always in and out. And like, I don't know. There's this one guy who I think I finally figured he's like the sommelier for the dinner time restaurant. Okay. Um, but he always comes in like a couple times a day and like he has kids mm-hmm. that are, I don't know, like seven and ten ish mm-hmm. ages. Mm-hmm. The older one is the girl and she's reading the Harry Potter books mm-hmm. right now. Yes. And she just finished book four. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, that was my favorite book. I loved that book so much. Way better than the fourth movie. So good. <laughs> and he was like, oh, did you hear that? The fourth was her favorite. And she was just, hmm. Oh, no. Like, no. <laughs> you didn't like that. Oh my god, book. what was like, her favorite was so... Harry Potter? She liked the third. Mm. Which, you know, she's younger. I get that. <laughs> like... She's maybe still in the first, like the first through third, yeah. they're younger. It's, in the yeah, it's a like, different vibe. Yeah, like the fourth is the first that kind of gets dark, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I guess the third's a little bit dark, but the fourth is really dark. <laughs> but I was like so offended that this like 10 year old was like, She's like Meh, about the fourth. Book. Okay, Olivia, whatever. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> they are so funny in that book when all the Weasleys come falling down the fireplace. <laughs> like, just, it's like, and that was not in the movie. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. So, that is one book that I say 100% is better than the movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, in my humble opinion, I think all of the Harry Potter books are better than the movies. True. But I like the movies. I just yes. like the books. I like the way that you can... There's just more. They, you can't fit as much into yeah. the movie. It's just not, even that fucking long-ass last movie, you can't fit as much in. Right. Yeah. Even though the last book was two movies, it was still missing so much. Yes. Yes. I like them as their own things. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Except I, for the fourth. I mean, I still like the fourth movie, but <laughs> the fourth book... The fourth movie has no funny parts. Mm. The fourth book is so funny. Like, yeah. that's when, like... Ron starts being, like, a funny dude, you know? Yeah. And, like, you really start seeing, like, the twins be funny dudes, yes, too. that's true. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. So, anyways, Friday Black. <laughs> Friday Black. Burrito says hi. Hey, Burrito. Hi, big boy. Um, yes, Friday Black. And the one of the reasons... You'd sent me a bunch of books that you were wanting to read. One of the reasons I picked this one because... It was vouched for oh, yes. by friend of the podcast, <laughs> Roxanne Gay. We're going to force her to be our friend. <laughs> Everybody. Which, by the way, I just saw a photo of the books I was like getting rid of and mailing off to people before I moved. Yeah. I got rid of Hunger. 
Wow. I saw the picture of books that I got, got rid of. I, like, almost got teary-eyed. <laughs> I saw, like, oh, no. three books in there that I was like, wait, why did oh. I now you just have to buy Honestly, them. I was in such a mood to just get rid of everything before I moved. Yeah. My mom was the one that was like, books are fine. <laughs> keep books. I was like, okay. They'll come You're back saying, to I can, you. I can keep these. <laughs> They'll find a way. I know. They'll find a way back to you. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've been cleaning out my shelves and they still are completely overpacked, so... Yeah. As much as you may think of me as somebody who's good at getting rid of books, I'm much better at obtaining them. <laughs> <laughs> well, true. I'm not doubting that. At all. Um, what else do you think about this book? Um, I was also wanting to be to be to talk. Um, I was like, ooh, what do you want to be? I'm very interested in where this is going. (laughs) Um, Oh, I wanted to talk about the, what was it called? The one about the shooter. That one was... Oh, yeah. Uh, Light Spitter. That's it, yeah. Yes. Does your, is the side of your book that way where it's like the pages aren't even? Yes. I hate that. It's hard to flip. Because you can't flip I through know. it. You have to flip yeah. on the top. <laughs> yeah. It's like... I know. Which one am I looking for? It's... Okay, sorry. Talk about that cha- that chapter. I swear. <laughs> so, Light Talk Spitter was intense. Um, yes. Partly... I, ha- I just... I actually took a lot of notes this time when I was reading, so I'm, like, proud of myself. Oh, wow. Um... So some of first of all, one of the notes I made obviously, like immediately on the second page of one twenty nine, I'm like thinking of um, that guy in Isla Vista and who had done mm. that shooting. I don't remember his name. I have no desire to remember his name, but I had literally yeah. just been talking about that with my brother because he had been living down there, like right mm. at that time, and so we were just we were talking about. I don't know why we brought it up, but we were talking about that shooting, and I was remembering that I think we were in college. Were we in college when that happened? Yeah. Mm, I I think we might have just graduated. Maybe we just graduated, yeah. And I remember, yeah. I didn't know that my brother, like, wasn't there at the time, so I just rem- I just have, like, mm. this uh, visceral, emotional connection to that shooting in particular because, like, I was, I genuinely didn't know for a second if like my brother was anywhere near it and like luckily he was out of town that weekend for some random reason um like there was no relation like why he was out of it wasn't like a holiday or anything but he just happened to be out I think um or maybe it was like oh you know what it was it was like the end of the semester and my brother had left early at the end of the semester okay so I thought he was still there so anyways that immediately I just you know like I felt a connection yeah um that's interesting too because two of my cousins were there also oh really i didn't know that one from my mom's side uh-huh. and one from my bio dad's oh, side that's so wild that i didn't even real like had lost touch with her Whoa. didn't realize her and my other cousin were at school at the same time when that happened and your brother was there Damn. too well not physically yeah. at that time but how yeah strange is that all those people that overlapped there i mean that one i feel like cut hit close to home for like a lot of us who live in this area right. in california well you're used to live yeah. in this area california i know <laughs> um although that yeah, wasn't totally. the closest the the closest to us shooting was that one at the greek school in oakland do you remember that no oh god it was like a nursing school when was that Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, like, literally down the street from us. That's right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was awful. Anyways. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, that <laughs> that story. What else about Yeah. So, this story things? was intense. And one of the things that was I was thinking about was the question of feeling empathy for somebody mm-hmm. who does something completely mm-hmm. cruel and vile 
that seems mm-hmm. senseless. And obviously, somebody who does that feels that it isn't senseless because they feel that they have like justification for it. And just mm-hmm. the the difficult conflict of how to feel about them, like how to feel about somebody who yeah. does that. Because on the one hand, like for me at least, I have a desire to see people as full and complete humans to understand that trauma causes people to do horrible things. But on the other yeah. hand, I also feel the very real like rage and anger at people essentially like uh, taking white supremacy and misogyny to the degree that they think they're justified in behaving right. in not behaving that way and in, in, in killing people and murdering people of course you can make that right. argument for lots of different kinds of violence right and so it's not just mm-hmm. these types of um it's not just shootings like you know white men shooting but also like it just it brought up the question and i think very purposefully because deirdre is struggling with the same thing um right. of like do i feel empathy for this person like i can I just feel rage? Like, does that take away my humanity to just feel rage with them? Like, mm-hmm. is that me being a human to feel empathy? It's just, it's complicated, you know? Like, that question mm-hmm. is extremely complicated. Totally. I feel like I I think about that a lot, and this story also made me kind of think about that a lot, too, When because I listen to so many, like, true crime podcasts, yeah. and... I've eventually, like, eliminated the ones where I feel, like, are very, this person is bad. They did a bad thing. Right. Or focus on the killer and not the victim or whatever it is. Like, right. I've eliminated a lot, but one of the ones I really enjoy is these two sisters that try to have those conversations. Like, is this the time where we're here supporting rehabilitation? Like, whatever that means, you know? And, like, is this someone who made a bad decision like a very bad decision that not to make it like a light thing right 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 made a very bad decision because of this these thoughts that they had this theory that they had like is that something that can be changed and evolved and right whatever like did they see truth behind this feeling that they had like how do we move forward from that yeah so yeah that is really interesting um. Yeah, I I liked this story. Mm-hmm. I think I read through it a little quick. I feel like actually, it's like a you know how that meme has been going around where it's like evil version of so and so, and then they like yeah. take what they say and turn it opposite. Like I can't think of a yeah. good one right now, but it's like you know what I'm talking about. It's like yeah, in in backwards colors or whatever. So. Yeah. I feel like... There's only a Connor Oberst one I can Oh, okay. Of. Then, yes. Wait, what's the Connor Oberst one? I haven't seen it. There's a song, a Bright Eyes song called Let's Not Shit Ourselves. <laughs> and so it's an inverse photo of Connor. And it just says, let's shit ourselves. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's like not even one of the best ones out there. But it's no, like that's the one that lives in my that's head. That's great all the time. niche Connor humor. And I feel like what yeah. I'm about to say would be like niche people who've read Friday Black humor. Yeah. I don't know if it's humor. I don't want to like <laughs> elevate it to humor. But I feel like this story is like evil version of It's a Wonderful Life. You know, like, you know, like. Oh my God. Right? I think you're right though. <laughs> right? So, yeah, I'm going to do an inverse picture of this title. <laughs> Wait, that literally just gave me weird chills because I feel like that's really spot on. Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, wait, I feel like I had, like, my body feels the same way, <laughs> if that makes any yeah. sense. Like, <laughs> Your body's like, yes! That's really weird. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Oh my god. <laughs> Weird. So there you go. That's my theory. <laughs> you know, we have discussed some very important theories before we started recording. I think this one is the best. I agree. This is, yes. Wow. My wisest theory. <laughs> It literally gave me, like, a weird feeling. Like, I feel like my eyes got all watery. <laughs> 
I am I so why. glad I could make you cry. <laughs> oh my god. Note, I am not crying. <laughs> She's sobbing right now, dear drunkards. <laughs> This is a laugh, not a cry. Well, this is a yeah, laughing over this story feels like a, a nervous tick. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I think so. But yeah. Um interesting. There you go. I am enjoying this per- I'm just like sitting in this perspective right now. I feel like I don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> um Wow. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Let's <laughs> I'm glad I could just Go back. fully derail a conversation. <laughs> I feel like everything you just said about that story is making me realize so many things I was feeling while reading oh, it that I didn't realize I was feeling. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Also, like, not to dive into it on a podcast, yeah. but the dealing with my cousin mm. and everything that... Yeah that happened yeah. over last year yeah. and having those same feelings of like you did a horrible thing right but yeah like that how, how does there's that context how I feel yeah. about you yeah. or like you know whatever yeah so yeah that's interesting damn you just made me look into myself more <laughs> i didn't it was the book because clearly your body was already doing it yeah, well, I think that's why it's interesting because I had just said it. I think I read that one really quick. Yeah. And I think I was probably just getting through it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's when you were saying all that stuff, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe I was fighting having a reaction to For it. For sure. And that's why I just like read it really fast. That totally makes sense. I huh. mean... I would not be surprised if for some people this book is just like too much. Yes. Like. I would be shocked if people yeah. weren't having strong reactions to a lot of yeah. the different stories, especially yeah. that first one. Yes, 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 yes. Um, especially if you are a black person. Yes. Reading that, I can't even imagine how yeah. it like would make you feel. Yes. Um, cause that, I mean, they all get pretty dark. Yeah. I would say, I don't think that there's a single story that doesn't get dark. Does the, like, two-page mom one have anything dark mm. in it? Uh, I literally open it says, when the TV went dark. <laughs> so there's the word dark. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's not super. Yeah. But it does sort of introduce the religion idea, which does come up in various ways in the next stories. But other than that one, the others are all pretty dark. Yeah. Well, I'm looking right now at the lion and the spider. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Nope, that, I mean, that one was definitely heavy, too. My big takeaway yeah. from that one is I feel like that one had a lot to do with, mm. like, the familial trauma enacted by a parent. Right. Like, the line that, when, on 125, when the mom was like, be patient with him, he's not patient, so you must be patient. And I was, like, making right. me think of, like, these situations where kids have to parent their parents, like, far right. earlier right. than I think most of us would argue you should have to do that. Um, totally. And grow up. Really, It's, like, I, I was, like, the dad gave him the, op- gave the character, like, an opportunity to grow up really fast and, like, you can spin that as, like, a positive. Like, I became responsible and mature, but then that's also, like, that's just spinning positive out of trauma. Like, that just fucking sucks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's dark in a different way. Yeah. But you're totally right. Like, that line alone is very... It's sad. Yeah. You know, when other people have to, especially young people, have to accommodate adults in that way. Exactly. can't control their behavioral like air quotes faults right. or whatever you yeah know? yeah exactly um 
I guess the retail ones aren't like dark, dark. Except for the murder. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Except for oh, people that killing each like other a for a jacket. <laughs> it just seems like normal. I can still, that like image of the woman who like her her daughter and her husband were dead but she's just like at the food court like yeah i didn't love those stories but i loved that scene for some reason (laughs) it was cinematic well it's interesting that my reaction is it's not dark dark because (laughs) that just doesn't seem see that out of the possibilities of yeah that's what know? i'm saying like, your retail perspective <laughs> yeah that seems very real i mean there's times where i've like watched babies that are just left crawling around the floor during those crazy oh times god. and you're just like who's whose is this oh my god <laughs> anyone missing a one-year-old see i've never seen that like because i've never worked that and also like i've never gone like as a shopper so like i really am not the target audience for those stories because i really have never seen any of any side of it you know yeah i think i will never be someone who shops black friday sales because i think it is the cruelest time of the year yeah the first year i did it Sure, I didn't have to be there till 3 a.m. That was the last year. Moving forward, I was there on Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. Yeah. Two. That's when I developed... Thanksgiving became a holiday where I spent alone yeah. in a bath with a glass of wine and a book. Yeah. Because it was like, I have three hours to just rest yeah. before I have to go deal with humans that have been waiting in line through a holiday. Ugh, God. Granted, not a great holiday. But yeah. Still, like, but still. A day that you're supposed to be with your family. Yeah. That are waiting in line in a mall with, like, an Auntie Anne's pretzel, you know, and you're just like... Yeah. Sure. And then they're mad at you about something. You're like, I'm sorry, I happened to open my doors today. <laughs> I feel like you should be happy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no. Like... Black Friday is its, like, special day because Halloween, sure, it's super busy time of the year at American Apparel, yeah. but people were mostly in a good mood, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because they're excited to dress up, yeah. they're trying on different outfits, they're with their friends, everyone's, like, trying to come up with ideas, right. it's creative. Right. Beta Breakers was the same idea, yeah. like, people are coming in with 10 friends, they're trying to find creative ideas, Yeah, we don't have everything, they're asking for your help, you know. It's, like, It's wild fun. and busy, and, yeah. Black Friday is different. Mm, yeah. <laughs> There's none of that fun, yeah. you know, it's just people trying to get the best deal possible, and then, like, mad at you, like... I'm thinking in particular, I had two circle racks filled with black medium hoodies Mm -hmm. because that was the most popular thing. Yeah. Still wasn't enough for people. Oh my God. And they were mad about it. Like, it's like, I don't know how I could get you anymore. There's literally like 300 on the floor right now. Oh my God. I can't can't physically grab more medium black. Yeah. (laughs) F four nine seven. I just can't. <laughs> people would get mad. Oh my god. Or get mad that we weren't open earlier. Yeah, people are. Yeah. There's like a an entitlement. Yeah. Duty. But yeah, it's funny that the murder <laughs> seems real. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> I am curious. I wonder why he has the two retail story, like the two same world. There was no other overlap, like nothing like that. There's overlap in theme. There's overlap Isn't in. Is there three? Is there there's three? three retail stories? Oh, I'm only. What is there's in retail? Uh huh. There's how to sell a jacket as told by Ice King, and then there's. Friday Black, or... Oh. Friday Black. Then what's in retail? What one was that That one's really short. Uh, Um, That one was... Is that from the the girl's perspective? 
the woman's this is oh yeah this one was cute it's when the saying yeah i love when the spanish ladies okay. come in and they're trying to like talk to each other i did like that one um yeah but it, Which, it is curious three yeah that's even more you know notable i know interesting yeah three retail stories I mean, maybe he was just really... Is that going to be my future? <laughs> Am I only ever going to be able to write and talk about retail stuff? I mean, but it's... For the rest of my life. Maybe that's the process. Maybe that's processing the... I wonder if he worked at American Apparel. I want to know where he worked. I don't now know why. I want to know. Okay, he's talking about, like, winter clothes. It sounds almost like a Columbia sort of place. It sounded like Burlington Coat Factory oh, to me. <laughs> Burlington. Or something like that. I need to it was not American it. Apparel. We did not sell no. coats like not that. Not American Apparel. <laughs> well, this is a very important tangent that we went on. <laughs> was, what did you have other thoughts you wanted to hit about the... So, retail. <laughs> um, my thoughts are... I just realized... Is the cover a lion? I think the cover is the lion and the spider. And the spider, yeah. right? Yeah. So I just realized that. My second thought about the book is I feel like as I was going in, I had so many thoughts like, what am I reading? What is, like the first story I was like, okay, this is great. Yeah. And then going on, I was like, what am I reading? Yeah. What is this? Like, what is this collection? Yes. Is it a collection? Am I just reading someone's like... These are 12 stories I wrote. Here you go. Then on to like, okay, I like this. I'm getting the flow of it. Like, this is good. Yeah. That's how I write the book. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to bring it back around. starting. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I got you. Actually, no, this is one thing I wanted to say. When I was saying how I like that you just jump into the story and you don't really know what's going on. Yes. That's why I hate Steinbeck. Oh. Because you never much. have any mystery. Uh. It's always like, you know, my, like, I always say it's like 10 pages about dirt. It's like, I get it. I can use a little bit of imagination to understand what dirt looks like. Like, I don't need yeah. you to tell me all the details. And I feel like this mm-hmm. book is good at, like, letting me yes. figure out what's happening. That's fair. Yes. And that's that sort of stimulation I need while reading. Yes. It's like, wait, what? Who? Where? Yes. And then figure it out. I get that. On the Steinbeck topic, I just had the realization that you're not from here. And that's part of the reason, I think, that you don't like all of that description. Because it's like, he's he's kind of like, his his stories are often like a love letter to this area, you know? I think that's part of why. Yeah. I think that's part of why. Maybe, but I don't think I'd want to read a love letter about any area. Okay. Like, I don't want to read a love letter about Huntington Beach. I don't want to read a love letter about Oakland. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But, like, I love Oakland, but I still don't want to read, like, and then the dirt on the fire trail smelled of this. Like, yeah, I know. Got it. Thank you. We're going to get you high yes. and we're going to take you to the beach and then you're going to be like, I get it. We're going to take you tide pooling, stone tide pooling, and then you're going to okay, get but it. but tide pooling is already my favorite thing. Yeah, and then to you're going to read, gonna read it. I'm going to make it happen. This is my task before I die. Okay. <laughs> sure. Not I that mean, I don't know I'm why I'm 31. going so hard for Steinbeck. It's not like he's my favorite by any means. I don't know why so many people in my life go so hard. I think because you feel so strongly, we feel like we have to push back against you. But I feel like I make my thoughts more clear <laughs> because people try to push it so much. Well, and then I like, this is why I don't like it. It's not because I'm just like, gross. <laughs> this, these are the reasons. It's the same thing with like, I tell people I don't like beets, and everyone's like, you haven't had my beets. And it's like, no, no, no. I try them once a year. I've tried every way. I know they're good for you. They're delicious. No, I will throw it up. I don't want your beets. No one can make it in a way that I will like it. Trust. I will tell you that Michael has started liking them. 
Maybe once you hit 33. I feel like he is not invited on Halloween now. <laughs> okay, East of Eden, very dramatic. Like, there's some good drama and goss in that story. Just letting you know. Anyways. I thought you were speaking a different language. <laughs> I thought you were like, it's a Sweden. <laughs> I was like, what? We're talking about Sweden now? And where did the V come from in Sweden? <laughs> I was like, is that Swedish? Are you speaking He's Swedish? Swedish. <laughs> okay, no, East of Eden. No, so I have tried reading East of Eden so many times because I love the name of the book. And it feels so like, romantic to read. It's like, oh, me just reading East of Eden. I'm dying. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's your reason I love oh it gosh, so much. I choke. <laughs> but I feel like it's one of those books that like people see you read like oh you're reading East of Eden it's like yes I want to read this book no I hate it I want to read this book <laughs> I gotta say it in a <laughs> non-Swedish <laughs> accent that's definitely not a Swedish accent it's like a vampire accent <laughs> well let's wrap up would okay. you recommend slash what did you rate? What would you rate this? Or what did you rate it? I haven't rated it yet. I would recommend it. I don't know about rating. Hmm. Mm, I'm torn. <laughs> what What about you? <laughs> I, re- I read it. I rated it. Hey, did you know <laughs> I, I read, read it? this book. I rated it a four. Um, okay. Because I really... I thought it was very thought-provoking. Like I said, I wasn't super a fan of the retail stories, but that didn't take away from the whole reading of it. And I feel like there was a lot that – it was, like, rich. It was a rich reading, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I would recommend it with the caveat that, like, it – I did not realize it was heavy. I don't know why I didn't. (laughs) I should have assumed. I just – I was like, oh, this will be – It's. I don't know. Sometimes when I see a thin book, I'm like, it's casual. (laughs) Which is like not that doesn't make any sense, but sometimes it's what my brain says. Flawed thinking, (laughs) yeah. And I'm like, oh, just some short stories. Yeah, gonna be easy. Yeah, easy breezy. This and then you're like, yeah, what exactly? (laughs) So I would recommend it, but be like, be you know, just be prepared as a reader that it's gonna be. Yeah, it's like an intense read. It's not a light breezy read, which is not a problem. But just know that before you. Start reading it yeah. and get shocked. Yeah. Or maybe get shocked. I think I agree with you on the on the four. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Because, yeah, I would recommend it. I want to keep this book. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me do a lot of thinking. Yeah. It. I liked the way it was written for the most part. Yeah. Well, there you go. Four stars from me. Four stars, baby. <laughs> um, uh, what are we? Do we know what we're reading yeah, next? Yeah, I was gonna say, do we have a book that we're reading next? Our third Phoebe book. Yes, we're a little obsessed. We're gonna be reading "Please Don't Sit on My Bed" by Phoebe Robinson. Please don't sit on my bed in your outside clothes. Oh, sorry. Yes, clarifying. <laughs> yes, you can sit on them on the bed in clean inside inside clothes, clothes only. Definitely not. Yeah. Shoes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. No. Um, yes. Phoebe Robinson's new book. Yes. Our third Phoebe book. Yes. We love her. We do love her. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. She doesn't know it yet. She does not know. But maybe one I day. I did see her do stand up and I tried to let her know that she was busy. <laughs> she did respond once under our post. Not to mm-hmm. us. <laughs> Not to us. <laughs> but to no. Aubrey, who was commenting on our post. So she responded yes. to Aubrey she on our post. Also liked our one of our tweets, I believe, oh. that she was tagged in. Yes. Like 10 years ago. So. <laughs> so friend of the pod. Friend of, friend of the pod. <laughs> Moral of that story. And. You like a tweet? Friend of the podcast. That is also a uh, moral of that story is we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You like that segue right yes. there? Uh, yes. We're on 
you can be friends with us on Facebook if you join our Patreon. Yes, we're on Patreon. Everything is at Drunk of the Book. That is our mm-hmm. handle or whatever. You can also Gmail yes. us. Please do leave we're a review. We're on TikTok now. Oh, that's right. We're TikTokers. Yes. But don't let me talk over. You just said leave a review. We would really appreciate reviews. Very much. Yes. We're on Apple. Really help us out. We're on Spotify. If you're on another place where you listen to podcasts, we are there. But I think Mm. you can only leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. Is that right? Yeah. So go there Mm. to leave your review. I mean, if you're a kind person. Please and thank you. Thank you, friend. Is that a thing? Did people used to say peas and carrots? Or did I just make that up in my head? I think that's just you. Okay. I never said it. It just kind of came <laughs> into my mind right now. <laughs> just wondering if it was a thing people said. Please leave a review. Peas and carrots. <laughs> peas and carrots. Leave a review. <laughs> On Apple. <laughs> On Apple. Or if you find somewhere else to leave a review. I mean, I'm not going to say no. Oh my god, peas and carrots and apple. <laughs> it's all food. <laughs> we it's hoping you get your full serving yes. of fruits and vegetables. Peas and carrots on apple. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're not punchy at all. I don't all. know what's happening. <laughs> so follow us, interact with us. You can join our Patreon on a sliding scale, essentially. Yeah. You get yeah, all the same baby. fun stuff. Um, our next Patreon mm-hmm. video yes. is going to be a fun surprise yes. involving our good friend Jessica Murder, she wrote. <laughs> and if you so want to know what that means... <laughs> You gotta become a patron. You gotta become a patron. Because I know that hook holds you in. Let's get greedy. And you'll find us. Where you leave. It did not sound like it was my side, but I trust you. Anywhere that you want us to. 